Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, the online cycling platform. And you may have seen the stock provider to MVDP, who is one of the main characters in today's stage. You can see his Zwift branded aero socks but today's stage as i said is one for him and biniam germai and the climbing sprinty boys 195 k's first 100 pancake flat and then it's rolling climbs all for the rest of the last 95 k's including the last one monsano 1700 meters 6.2 percent cresting 10 k's from the finish kudamar ewan nitzolo gaviria survive this sort of climb or would a break go betty all style riders benji's alessandro covey would they be able to get a leash or would intermarche and alperson phoenix be able to control but interestingly benji they would joined those two two teams with the uh prototype climbing sprinty boys mvp and binium they were joined by lotto in controlling the break did that surprise you with 180 k's to go yeah i was kind of surprised because when we look at the stage initially i wasn't saying okay caleb ewan's gonna be the man to do this it looks too hard for caleb ewan as simple as that and i think that they won a stage like this with thomas again a few days ago was it three days ago in total so i thought perhaps they might try and make a similar move try and make three riders in the breakaway happen again in similar way that they did last time and lotto sodell chose to be a controlling factor in this race together with the other two teams Alpesin and Entremarché who I expected it somewhat to do or like we gave them two scenarios yesterday we said either Alpesin and Entremarché control from the peloton or they try and put multiple riders in the breakaway because solo Biniam and solo Vanderpool in a breakaway would mean that they have trouble controlling it and in the end it came down to like we said the three teams controlling, that is Lotto, Alpesin, and also Marche. But I was also somewhat surprised by not only the controlling factor of Lotto Sudel, but the fact that they really tried to like make sure it's a small breakaway getting away. So they were set on trying to get Caleb Ewan a chance to uh, sprint at the end of today's stage. And I just saw no possibility of that happening at all. Yeah, but you'll remember, Benji, there's people who think Caleb Ewan, or at least they say that, he could compete at world champs. So if you think that, then no, seriously, then this this is easier. Then you should think he can do well here. So yeah, it, again, they should have got the hand Tenko trying to get in the break and basically repeat. This is a similar stage to stage eight in Napoli. Intermarche and Alberson adopting the opposite strategy. Lotto two, shutting it down with a weaker break compared to the twenty man one we had the other day. Then, 85Ks to go. We get into the hilly section. Simon Yates has, he's still here. He did start, but he's out of GC. There's no Matthews here for Bike Exchange who would suit this stage. There's no Groenewegen for the pure sprint stages. So they're just on sort of chaos duties. 
like lot uh, like Yumbo Visma, Yul Jensen attacks 85Ks to go, quickly caught. Then 78Ks to go. We, we are like on the second climb. They're, in, they're at Kanati, I think, 3Ks, 7%. We see Ewan at the back, and then 4Ks later, he's dropped. Before Cavendish, he drops 16Ks before Cavendish. Like, is he sick or what is it? Because I know he, even if you can say, oh, he can't get over every climb, but he should be just as good as Cav. Yeah, and the weirdest part to me was not solely that he was dropping. Yeah, that's that's like pretty early for him to drop, quite certainly. But the fact that Lotto didn't initially send someone with him to drop with him to make sure the tempo keeps going and so forth. He was alone for quite a bit behind the peloton, just solely alone while while we saw four or, or three or four riders from Lotto just hanging at the back of the peloton. And eventually Kluge did end up next to him apparently in that uh, group behind the peloton according to Rai. I was mainly surprised by the fact that he was there left alone initially. And is that because he didn't communicate it? Probably not, because I'm guessing that he would have communicated, or at least his teammate should have seen that he is dropping off the back. I don't know what's going on there. And I I, I was fearing when he was solely alone that we might have seen a message a bit later uh, that he would DNF from the race or something, because you don't usually see that when a rider drops a sprinter drops that he's completely left alone that early with 76 kilometers to go and you see it with Cav a bit later like a few kind of climbs later Mark Cavendish who has been climbing better on this stage than if last week to be honest he ended up dropping a bit later and he had directly two to three riders that were waiting with him so that's the big difference between how Lotto and Quickstep reacted to their sprinter dropping in my opinion. Yeah, Quickstep basically let Schmidt and Ballerini have their own race and then the rest just protect Cavendish. Uh, don't know what Van Servenot and Knox are doing. Can't remember. Anyway, before we get into the meat of this stage, a word on our show partner, Zwift. As I said, they are the online cycling platform of choice for both Cav and MVDP, but they're not just for the superstars of the sport. There's something on Zwift for everybody to help you get fitter and have more fun on the bike definitely made a big difference for me i was able to go out and do this like a secret climb not secret it's literally a paved road and you can see it but there's a climb from in andorra about three k's from my house and meaning to do it for a while it's like 10k seven percent with undulating steep sections in it like it's it's a fake news climb it's a bs climb and it goes up to a border with Spain that's not even patrolled, even though it's a Schengen to non-Schengen. But that aside, going on Zwift, particularly with the seat, doing like intervals, there's workouts on Zwift has made climbs like that easier for me and much more pleasant. So I'm grateful for being able to use Zwift over the winter, but I'm going to be keeping that going, particularly during the Giro d'Italia. But Cav dropped, Ewan dropped. It's looking like it's going to be difficult for DeMar. MVP had a mechanical, came back. With 30Ks to go, there's more climbs and other riders start to attack. Yul Jensen again, Alperson and Intermarche marking. Not pulling, they just go across and sit on with DeBont and Rota. Breakaway with DeMarkey, who, by the way, I think said it was like too early in the season to be thinking about relegation. It's like, well, it's not. 20Ks to go, he's caught. DeMar, Gaviria, Binium, Nizzolo, Vanderpol, and the Peloton. So then it's all pacing. It's all about this last climb, this last 1,500-meter, 7% one. Before then, Foss attacks. There's a lead-out from Yumbo. Like, there's some random flat attacks. That was weird. That's like the kind of attack that I do on Pro Cycling Manager on a video game, but it fails just as much in real life as it would in game because 
you saw that Von Emden was like launching Foss, but the gap between Von Emden and Foss was like 10 to 15 meters. So that made no sense. And then Von Emden looked behind and like gave up on the right side of the road. And then Foss decided to go again. And I don't know what they were trying, but that was clearly not what they were planning initially. Yeah, it was maybe something you'd expect more from Foss after the climb, but I guess they're also in chaos mode. They get to that climb, Alperson have it strung out, Demars dropped, and then we start to see it thinned out so much. When Ineos come to the front on the steepest section, they're pacing with Sivakov, Port gets dropped, so his GC is truly well and dead. And we're thinking, Carapau's going to try something, not really. Uh, Almeida was in good position, all the GC guys were there. No real issues for Lando. Lando had Bilbao, etc. And it's actually Covey who attacked over the top with his mismatched black and white shoes. And then he was marked, I think, by Intermarche and other riders marking it. But then Bike Exchange again. But they get over the crest and it's chaos. Small group. There's just all the sprinters are dropped except Binium and MVDP. And the shark attacked Benji on Scarponi's Remembrance Day. He was looking good. I think he'll win a stage this Giro. Yeah, I don't know about winning a stage, but I think it was the attack that I was expecting when we saw on top of that climb that the group was kind of looking at each other. Antomachia was trying to save their riders to control the last part of the stage, not that descent. Nibali was kind of looking around and seemed to be moving forward and backward and forward and backward, waiting for a moment. Then it felt like Vincenzo Nibali wanted to make a move, but someone directly jumped on his wheel and... It didn't really work out. He had a bit of a gap for a second, but it was Van der Poel, I think, that decided to close that one himself. Or one of the riders that reacted was certainly Van der Poel on the attack of Nibali. And yeah, the resurrection of the shark is happening. But ah, I think uh, I'd rather see him go in a breakaway somewhere and and go in that sense for a stage when later on. This was a good attempt. It could have worked, but too many riders still in that group. But uh, the intriguing part for me was a bit later when they went into the descent. We had attacks flying left and right as well. But at a certain point, there was a corner to the left, but it wasn't clearly signaled from the helicopter view. I couldn't see much. And it looked like Binyam was moving, going to the right, while the other riders kind of doubted and then went to the left. And Binyam was kind of moved to the back of the group at that moment. And that's when uh, his biggest rival decided to give an extra punch. MVDP attacked, maybe fearing the sprint to Binyam. He also had no teammates in the group. He'd have to... He's already closed down Yates or he's in the process of doing that. So many GC guys have attacked and he's like, I'll just go and maybe into Marche who were looking. They'd had Pozzavivo pacing and then he stopped pacing. Maybe they can't bring him back. Incorrect. Binium actually did it himself on the wheel of Schmidt and that closed MVP's action down close to the final sprint. So how much would that affect him? We'll never know. Big Hugh John Carthy actually counted after Carapaz. So there was actual GC guys going today, like Carapaz, Carthy. Uh, Almeida was right there. He didn't try anything, although Formolo and Covey were trying a lot. And eventually, it just ends up being a sprint with Pozzo Vivo leading out the sprint for Bini, who's on the right-hand side on the barriers, deep come Bowman's there, very fast the other day. We're thinking, okay, uphill drag, how will he go? He's pretty fast. I've got Albanese for Yolo. Bill Bow's quite fast. Almeida has been fast in the past. Fellini, instead, MVP's on the front or close to it, and Bini shoots up the right-hand side really early, opens up the long sprint, gaps 
Van der Poel almost immediately, who then has to do a full effort back into his wheel, comes out of his wheel really early, and they're just side by side, and MVP has to give up with Binny winning the stage, incredible win for himself and into Marche after missing out the other day and MDP giving him the thumbs up over the line. Um, but, yeah, what a win for Binium Gurmai. Into Marche played it really, really well. Incredible team and I, I can't believe how good he is already after yeah. winning Kent Wevelhem, how versatile he is. Just a fantastic rider. Before I do the top 10, if you want to catch up on the Giro action or indeed this stage, our show is supported by GCN Plus. You can watch every kilometer live and ad free on GCN Plus of the Giro d'Italia, who have live rights worldwide, excluding New Zealand. Catch up when it suits you with full stage replays and on demand highlights. And also for LRCP listeners in the US, UK, Australia, Canada, and Germany, you can get 25% off an annual GCN Plus subscription by heading down to gcn.eu/lrcp in the description down low could mvdp have done anything different benji i don't think so any too good i think that he could have been less attacking and i think there were moments that he was just pacing a group of five at a certain point in the final or a group of six that he shouldn't have been pacing i would expect like even if he fears binyam's flat sprint like it was very likely that the group would come back together and that it would end in a flat sprint. So I think he might have had some moments there in the final that he spent a bit too much energy that he didn't necessarily need to. But I want to bring it back to Antomache for a second. They played it as a team very perfectly. Like Pozzo Vivo's lead out is an example, but Pozzo was also in the in the scene there when they were still on the climb. He did some closing and so forth, closing attacks, keeping the tempo up and so forth. When the other domestics of Antomache were at the back of the group at the top of the climb, he did some work there. And that's something that is so like the opposite of what I saw from Bahrain today. Bahrain has Bilbao and Landa in that group. At a certain point, there was a moment where eight riders were off the front with a gap of 30 to 50 meters on the next group. And Binyam and Van der Poel were not in that front group. Bilbao and Landa were, and there was no response by Landa or something to start pacing for Bilbao for a stage win, stuff like that. So oh, am on. I expecting too much from Landa? Yes. This, ah. Well, he's going to win. The, he's trying to, he's a contender to win. Well, the, is he going to win the Giro? Well, no, yeah. he, he is attempting to win the Giro and he's a serious GC guy. Like, what's he going to do? Pace for 8Ks? Maybe get caught and dropped for Bilbao in a sprint on this stage? No. Like, Bilbao can get in a break if he wants to go for a stage, if he loses enough time. Okay. No, not happening. <laughs> the riders, there's some notable omissions, though. Vendrame, Ulisi, uh, Nizzolo, Dainese, and who am I missing? Magnus Court. All didn't make the group up the road. I can't believe it. What's... Magnus Court, Benji, like, or like, how can he not make this group? Court should indeed be in that group. Uh, I think he uh, clearly is not good enough at the moment. We've seen him do limited stuff this entire uh, Giro so far. So perhaps by the end of week three, he might be informed to get something going. But at the moment, it's not there. He uh, he will probably be able to do something from a breakaway if possible. But I just don't see it when it comes to the stage at the moment based on his current form. When it comes to Dainese and Nizzolo, I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting this final climb to be too hard for them to follow, and it ended up like that. I like they can get over some climbs, but this is not just like the climb at the end of a sprint stage. This is like we've had some proper climbing meters today, and I 
didn't see Nizzolo and Dainese getting over that, to be honest. Definitely not that the pace it was written here. But um, I don't know. They're like, what was it? Who was the rider from UAE that ended up closing it in the last two-ish kilometer? Was that Kovi? I think it was Kovi. I don't know who he was working for. He closed down Carthy and I Ulysses wasn't in the group. I, at least he's not in the results. So guess for Almeida or something? I don't think they know where Carthy is on GC. Legit. That's the only explanation is that they don't realize he's like four minutes back because otherwise pacing is just the dumbest thing ever. And it saved into Marche chasing after Hugh John because he got a nice gap. But Nizzolo, he won a one-day race with a 2K 9% climb and a hard uphill finish against punchy guys like Schelling last year. Uh, not this level, obviously, but this is a 4% climb in parts. Yeah, really surprised. He seems to have gone backwards since going to Israel, frankly. Binium first, ahead of MVP, Albanese third, Kelderman fourth, Carapaz fifth, Bowman seventh, uh, sixth, Bade seventh, Bilbao. Almeida sprint is not where it was last year. Ninth, Schmidt. 10th i think wilco needs wilco kelderman see there's one thing where like okay lander doesn't win a lot kreuzweich doesn't win a lot kelderman's fast he has a punch he's like he's got a pretty good sprint on him he came fifth on the first stage in the group that actually got a gap behind binium mvp and bill bowen court he came fourth in a flat sprint here he is the most unusual rider to not have won a race since he's won. He's never won a road race. Yeah, he's stage. never won a race. He's he's won HC at Tour of Denmark, two ITTs, and a prologue. He's never won a road race. I don't understand. He has to go on the break, Menji. I think that he's definitely ridden well today. He must have been on rim breaks for that to be the case, but. I think that Wilco is definitely the kind of rider that I'd love to see going in a breakaway and doing stuff like that. But you also got to keep in mind, these guys have two riders in the top 10 and are at the moment actively riding for a top five, definitely in GC. Perhaps more if they can sustain that. Will they allow Wilco to go in the breakaway? And that's where I'm like, they probably could, but it might come at the cost of Kemna them being chained a bit more. One of the rider, like they're gonna have to have domestiques for Hindley and Buchmann, and they're gonna have to choose between letting a Kemna go or letting a Kelderman go in the breakaway. Stage fifteen, both Kemna and Kelderman should go in the break. <laughs> Firstly, twofold: nothing happens, you then have the strongest two in the break, and you can win the stage. It's they're both very fast. Do that. If something happens. You have two riders. Remember that stage has a flatter finish, but two hard climbs beforehand. It's like Cormayeur in that with the the last, let me look at the final climb. For the last eight kilometers of the final climb, it averages 2.5%. You need a satellite rider. If you want to make a difference, it's also a chance to play Hindley or yep. Bookman. Those two can't do it on the flat. They'll get brought back. So I would let them have the freedom to go on that stage. If DSM go, Bahrain go, you've got the two up the road for your Bora guys to follow. Would you, if you were to DS, let's say this scenario happens and Kellenman is first in the race, ready to win the stage in Konya, but Hindley's dropping everybody behind. Do you call him back or don't you call him back? Do you ruin the guy's dreams of winning a road stage or not? It depends on the situation, but it would be funny if we see that situation. 
I know, and that's why it's like really, if you're Wilco Kelderman, he'd be a bigger than bigger man than me if he will sacrifice chances to win a stage for Hindley. Not that I'm saying there's any bad blood, but like 2020 Giro, like it was every man for himself. And yeah, if I was Kelderman, I'd go for it. And it depends. <laughs> Kamner can also do the satellite stuff. They got a great team for that stage. Uh, but tomorrow's stage is not really for GC at all. It is the only absolutely guaranteed pancake flat bunch sprint stage tomorrow. Tune in with 5Ks to go. Sorry, GCN Plus for that one. From Santar Cangelo to Di Romagna. You may put on the, the Giro collection on GCN Plus instead of watching the first 100Ks of this stage. To Reggio Emilia. And yeah, it's a flat sprint. There's no crosswinds in Italy. That's the law. And like they literally do a straight line for the first 100Ks to Bologna, I think. Um, who are you going with, Benji? Ewan has to. He has to. Well, having to is like, yeah, he has to. Like, we got to talk about Quick Step. They've lost Merku. They've still got Cavendish. Ballerini will probably be, no, Von Lerberg will probably be the last man. Then, like, he was for Jakobsen last year in the in the Vuelta. He wasn't the best lead out there at the Vuelta, despite Jakobsen winning a few times, because Jakobsen was just better than the rest at the Vuelta. But, um, ah, I think that with Merku gone... I don't know if Ewan should even be on the wheel of Cavendish. Should he be on the wheel of Demar? Demar. I'd go with Demar because I don't trust Bert. I've said that a few times. Sorry, Bert. But yeah, Demar's got the big train. They're all yeah. still here. They're looking good. They're looking like 2020 level. Demar likes to go early and be in front early. And he's also like top three fastest in this race. So not a bad big guy to be in the draft of, especially if he goes early. And yeah, if I was you and I would be in his wheel. And they've still got, um, I think, Scherling and, and Schwarzman here as well. Other news from the stage today, though. Carapaz crashed, but it didn't affect him. He looked fine in the finish, if we hadn't mentioned that already. Uh, anything else, Benji? I guess I don't want to understate how historic and cool it was to see Binny win that stage. Um, I guess it proved our comments right from Napoli the other day where we're like, bruh, go to the sprint. You're so fast. Um, and that did happen today. So that was fantastic to see. We'll see how he goes in the pure bunch sprint tomorrow where he struggled with the positioning. But, I mean, this second week, there's other climbs where Intermarche can try things. So this might not be his last stage win at the Giro d'Italia. But, yeah, any other news from around the Giro, Benji, I just wanted to add one final thing. It's something that I probably mentioned before on the podcast, but I don't remember. A lot of people call him like Gidemai. I'm trying to say Binyam every single time now because apparently that's his actual name, Binyam. And Gidemai is his dad's name. So when you shout Gidemai, you're apparently shouting his dad's name, which is <laughs> kind of funny. It's kind of how apparently Eritrean names work. So that's something intriguing about that. But hey, that's just the one last thing I can mention about today. I mean, on his Instagram, it says Binyam Gidemai. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, his Instagram handle used to be Lil Hailu. Back in the day when only me, you, and people of the French circuit were watching this lad when he was on Delco, he uh, used to be, I think his Instagram handle was Lil Hailu, but then he got really good and he's like, I can't call myself Lil Hailu. Maybe he still is on Twitter. Uh, I spoke to one of the guys that uh, follows him and has been following him since, I think, two years before he beat Remco 
back in the days at the juniors, and he was talking about the fact that the Eritreans have like a different alphabet, like different characters, and because of that, when he moved here and so forth and made his socials, the reason that his socials had different names, like get my with an H, get my with GH, get my with just a G, whatever, like it was all because he didn't actually know how to spell his actual Eritrean name in our characters and he had to kind of figure out the best way to do it and eventually uh that's why all those different names were in existence for a while and it seems like everybody has now defaulted to Ginmai with one g without an h but uh i'm trying to call him binyam as every eritrean has jumped into my dms the last weeks to tell me that i should yeah there's a lot of big eritrean fans which is awesome that's what's great to see like different riders winning races from different regions of the world brings a new fan base although Eritrea actually does have a good history of cycling and an existing cycling fan base but they're now coming to like we have seen in the comments of the pod there's more Eritrean fans and same with Ken Wevelhem like flooded with Eritrean fans that's awesome to see and yeah more importantly a fantastic battle between two superstars himself and MVP that keeps on going and Good to see the sportsmanship across the line. But that's all from us today. Thanks as always to Zwift, our show partner, for supporting LACP. And we will see you with the Bunch Sprint Stage recap tomorrow. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 